This is American Idol on this episode of Pushback. you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Greetings, everyone. This is Dr. Johnny, and this is another episode of Pushback. You know, I enjoy doing these podcasts so much because it's just kind of life, you know, and as you go through life and you are engaged in culture, you tend to see things. And this podcast is going to be directly out of my experience this week. And I just turn to the Lord and I ask him to show me what I should talk about with these podcasts each and every week. And so much and so often it is just what happens to me that week and with my eyes being opened and with my heart to be a frankly cultural reformist uh i am aware of the things that are happening and care about them for sure if you're watching me on uh, youtube you will see that i am suntan my wife and i were able to get away for a few days to hilton head island south carolina uh, it was beautiful, low 70s. Uh, we sat on the beach and just read our books and enjoyed each other's company. And it was truly lovely. It's always good to get away and take a break. But it was also for a medical conference. Uh, we are allowed to go to a medical conference about once a year where we get to learn about the new and uh, upcoming things. And it's been proven that doctors can really only learn in beautiful places. So that's why they send us, of course, to these nice, beautiful resorts, because that's where we learn the best. That's what has been shown to be true. <laughs> so, so I did go to a conference, and it was very interesting because they had uh, it, it was it was geared toward adolescents and pediatrics, uh, and it was dealing with um, some sports related injuries, and and honestly, a lot to do with sports culture which is my sweet word. You know that. I love that word. And so it was good that I was there. And I, I believe that I left and my wife left actually uh, with some uh, shift. And even in the way that we think about sports and about culture, I think sports is just an example. It's just a, a maybe even a metaphor of culture and of life. And yet, we see the the idolizing and the pedestalizing of young athletes and our children as we um, as hard as it is to hear, as hard as it, as it is to say, we sometimes live vicariously through them and put all our hopes and dreams on them. And we see this culture, not even just among the players, but their parents. In fact, we've heard it so many times, being a sports parent, I'm talking to myself, how we take this so seriously and we put such heavy weight and lifting on our children and it's not a healthy culture. Well, I was at this medical conference and they were talking, interestingly, very much just about that. And they were talking about how the culture has shifted in sports to this year-round culture. 
So if you're going to be a volleyball player, as is the case with our daughter, uh, that that needs to now be a year round endeavor. Now, we always go back to, you know, when we were kids, <laughs> how often do we say that? Well, when I was a kid, it was never like that. And I don't think it was too far down. You might be listening to me here on this podcast and kind of nodding your head as well, because when we were in sports, we all did different sports. People who were athletes or enjoyed athletic endeavors, we did a whole bunch of different things. I played tennis and basketball, football, a whole bunch of different sports that we did because that's just what we did. There, was, there wasn't an option to do year-round sports. Now, um, I believe that it ties in very directly and and. Um, and, and perfectly with my podcast from last week. Last week, I talked about how we um, have, as a culture, um, connected with this idea that um, we are graded on a curve, that we're trying to simply just be better than everybody else, that there's this mentality that if we can gain an advantage and it doesn't matter that if we're the best or the worst, it just matters that I'm better than you. And so because of that, that mentality, that mentality of, of kind of doggy dog uh, philosophy of, of sports and of life in general, that this has actually created this phenomenon in high school sports today where it becomes all year round because if you don't, then you're going to be left behind. You're not going to be considered one of the best in the state. You're not going to be recruited by college coaches. And so there has been this, this uptick in, in the requirement to be the best. And I am not against excellence. I'm certainly not against giving it your all or giving it your best. But I am a big advocate of our children having fun and actually enjoying the things that they are doing. And, and sports has become such, uh, such an idolization in our society that we actually look to sports as some kind of edification of who we are or edification of who we are as parents, as horrible as that sounds. If you want to get noticed now or if you want to play college, then you have to join clubs. This needs to be a year-round phenomenon. For those of you that aren't in this milieu, you might not even know this, but uh, for instance, my daughter in volleyball now, she plays year-round. She she uh, does club volleyball, and that's where she gets actively recruited and is being actively recruited. And then their high school season happens, and then there's off-season tournaments, and it goes all year-round. And if she wanted to play a different sport, her volleyball would then quote unquote suffer and she might not get noticed. And now they play on weekends and they play on Sundays, which drives me crazy. Um, you know, when I was a kid, <laughs> Wednesdays and Sundays were off limits because of church activities. Now anything goes and there's been an invasion even into the church environment where sports now has become the top dog, the greatest priority. And we as parents, we need to balance this, um, this pull both ways where we certainly want our kids to be engaged and to have fun and to enjoy sports. I don't think sports are inherently evil, but I believe that it has been, it has been um, magnified to the point where it has become the top priority of the things that we do. I don't believe that this is a healthy culture mentally or physically. 
And that's what I found out at this conference at Hilton Head Island is the excellent speaker that was there talking about sports medicine was saying that the American Academy of Pediatrics, okay, this is the American Academy of Pediatrics. This is the top dog organization that sends down recommendations, health recommendations based on absolute evidence. And they actually grade their evidence based on how strong the evidence is, whether they're going to make this recommendation. And the American Academy of Pediatrics has made a recommendation that high school students spend three to four months a year doing something else other than their primary sport. And they said anything else other than their primary sport. And that year-round sports have become a physical problem. And this is the word that they used. I wrote it down on my notes because I wanted to make sure to get it right. They said there is an, an epidemic of overuse injuries. Epidemic is a big word, especially in the last two to three years of our lives, right? We understand these words, epidemic. It's a big, big, powerful word. But they're saying that, for instance, if you're a volleyball player, you need to spend three to four months of the year doing something other than volleyball. Because these girls' shoulders are wearing out in volleyball. The kids' knees and ankles are wearing out in track and field type activities. These, these sports that require such pounding, even before their bones have completely developed and have fused, they're, they're causing some growth plate problems. And it's, they're seeing it not here and there or anecdotally. They're seeing it in epidemic proportions. I don't think that this should sur surprise us even culturally because we have pushed this so far that it's actually hurting our children. And why would we be surprised about that? Because it's an unhealthy culture. It's not healthy mentally or physically for our children. So my wife and I were sitting in the hot tub <laughs> at our resort and we were talking and we're saying, well, how do you change culture? And and I believe that this recommendation by the American Academy of Pediatrics is a start because I think we need to recognize and we need to do what's best for our children. I can't believe I'm saying such a simple thing to say. We need to do what's best for our children. And maybe more powerfully, maybe more po po poignantly, <laughs> poignantly, we need to say, we need to make the opposition acknowledge that they don't really care about our children. I know that's kind of harsh, but if it's college coaches that is driving this phenomenon that only the kids who play year-round to become more, more excellent, to become club players, if only those players are being recruited, even though it's not mentally or physically good for them, so the data shows, that you college coaches are part of the problem. You don't really care about our kids. You just want to whittle down the very best players and have them be so volleyball-oriented, for instance, that they rise to the top and the ones who don't get injured or the ones who don't mentally break down because of the pressure, they can play college ball. So yeah, they may get excellent players out of the deal, but at some point they have to acknowledge that the culture that they've created, and it's not just them, but part of, the, part of it is them, the culture they've created, the culture that the parents have created, the culture that the children have created, the culture that the, that the educational environment have, has created is actually hurting our children. 
That needs to be acknowledged. That's the way culture has changed. It has happened before in the past when we've looked at things, drugs, alcohol, certain behavior, high risk sexual behavior. We see that there's actually consequences to that. And we try to educate them to say this is actually harmful. So you can still make choices that hurt yourself, but let's be super clear that it's harmful. So if you have kids in sports, I think you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, then this might be new to you, but there is a culture out there that I believe is a byproduct of of what is happening at a greater place in our culture, which is this, this, this place of identity. See, we as parents, this is tricky waters to navigate, that we can be proud of our kids. Right before doing this podcast, I have been working on a sound system, piano, speakers, microphone for one of my daughters to be singing at a coffee shop. She's doing kind of a live performance. She's been asked to perform at this coffee shop. And this is one of her first kind of gigs sort of being out there. She's going to sing for two hours. And I'm proud of her. I, I love her voice. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm intensely proud as a dad to have her take this leap to take this risk um, and the talent that she has being exposed to the world. That makes me proud. We can be proud of our kids, but not attach pride to our kids. Let me say that again. We can be proud of our kids, but not attach pride to our kids. See, pride is something where you can feel good about yourself until identity gets connected to it. And then it becomes destructive. Proverbs has a way of sort of, you know, shooting you right between the eyes and telling it like it is. Proverbs 16, 18, it says, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Sometimes we've shortened it and just says, Our pride goeth before the fall. That's the expression that we've said. That's out of Proverbs. It says, A man's pride in Proverbs 29, 23, A man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will retain honor. So we want our kids to operate in a level of humility and we want them to try hard and to do well and and to excel. I think all of those things are fine and I think all of those things are important in our human walk and our human existence and the way that we live and have our being. I think that's all fine. But the, but the, the, the crux of it, the, 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 the point of it is that their worth and their identity isn't found in their activity and their accomplishments. It's what we talked about in the last podcast, this idea that we're simply graded on a curve, that we try to compare ourselves to one another. And this was never how it was meant to be in the kingdom. The kingdom doesn't operate in comparisons. My, my wife loves to talk about this because the Lord sees us all as valuable, as an important piece. We're all given gifts and abilities so that we can inject ourselves into the kingdom with what we have been given. But we need to do it with humility. We need to do it knowing that it's a gift given to us. It is a gift of God. So, for instance, you know, we talk about top 10 lists and the greatest of all time. We call them goats, the greatest of all time. And, and, we, and we look at those and we say, oh, who was the greatest here? Who was the greatest here? And, and Jesus comes along and he says, oh, by the way, John the Baptist was the goat. 
<laughs> it's what he said. He said there was nobody greater. There was no prophet greater on this earth than John. He says, truly, I tell you, among those born of women, there are not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Top 10 list, he's number one. He is the goat. But then there's a yet. <laughs> yet, whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he See, Jesus came and he flipped everything around. And I believe that's the message to our children is, is if, we, if, we, if we idolize them, if we put them up on this pedestal and we put all of our hopes and dreams in them, in, in them, then we are actually setting them up for a fall. That's what it says in Proverbs. We're setting them up for a fall. And it's too much heavy weight for, their ki- for our kids to carry. Romans 12, 3, for I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one of us a measure of faith. In Mark 7, 22, there's a list of bad things. Thefts, covetousness, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, evil eye, blasphemy, foolishness. Guess what's also in that list? Pride. Pride is a dangerous thing. And if we hover around our children like little bumblebees telling them how great they are and, and, and attach pride to them, because we do think our kids are great, hear me in this, but attach pride to them, we are actually setting them up to fall. We are actually creating a culture around them that isn't healthy for them, for their bodies, for their minds. Idolizing of our children, teens, and athletes in our culture is of the world. That's what it says in 1 John 2.16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Idolizing our children in our culture is of the world. It's not beneficial to them. It's not helping them. It's actually hurting them. And if they believe it, if they begin to put their identity in how they can bump a volleyball, (laughs) and they believe that it's important to them for their worth and their identity, it's actually setting them up to fall. It's setting them up for pain. It's hurting them. It's hurting their bodies. It's hurting their soul. I think it's so interesting that the studies are starting to show through the American Academy of Pediatrics that it's hurting their bodies. And part of their bodies is their mind as well. And Amy and I have seen, even in this club volleyball culture, that so often the girls aren't all that happy. They don't seem to necessarily always be enjoying it. And that's a problem. There's something broken there. Whenever it's our children's birthday, we take our kids out on dates. So I take the girls out on dates. My wife takes the boys out on dates. Um, And so we have birthday dates. And we set that up. And I just went on a date with my volleyball daughter. And with her, as I've done with my other daughters, I said, how is your identity doing? And it's important that we have them say, it's doing well. 
Are you putting your worth and identity in your performance? Do you feel pressure from your parents? I, I like to ask those questions to them so we can clear the deck to make sure that they understand that their heart is protected, to make sure that they understand that all I care about is their heart, not their performance. That they're playing volleyball, that they're playing basketball, football, because they love it and they enjoy it and they're finding joy in it, but, the, but that they're not attaching pride to it. I let them know I'm proud of them, but they aren't atta to attach pride to their identity. My friends, it's hurting our children, and I see it all the time, especially in sports. Sports is sort of this microcosm of culture in general. It's, it's interesting to watch. I had, on the airplane, I watched the movie King Richard, which is the story of the father of Venus and Serena Williams, and, and his sort of parenting philosophy. He was a hard personality. He was a strong personality, but he, was, he, he, he connected um, humility to his daughter's rise to fame. In fact, there's a famous scene in the movie where, where she, Venus won her first tournament and, and they were sort of high on themselves and they were sort of making fun of the other player. And, and his dad, their dad was getting very upset and dropped him off at, at a convenience store and drove away. And his wife kind of flipped out, like, what are you doing? And he said, I won't be having any prideful children. They need to be humble so they can walk home. Well, she had n nothing to do with that, leaving them in a dangerous neighborhood by themselves. So he had to turn around and go pick them up again. But he was so, he saw humility as such an important piece to their overall character and growth, much more than being tennis stars. Although he saw that in them as well. He always connected humility to everything that they accomplished so that it didn't become part of who they were and their identity. And we don't have to guess whether this is true. We have example after example of those who have achieved the GOAT, have achieved the greatest of all time, the ones who have been on the top. And we can look at their lives and say, oh, are, are they the, the happiest people in the world? Have they actually achieved what they've set out to achieve? Is this the goal? Is this should be the goal for all of us and for our children to achieve the highest ranking in something because they found that utopia. They found that place of satisfaction. And we have example after example of the ones who have achieved it only to realize that it still doesn't satisfy. The Elvis Presleys and the Whitney Houstons of this world were the pinnacles of their, of their, um, of their career. And they both died miserably with drug overdoses. There's a famous story about Troy Aikman, who, is the, who was the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And he was quoted as after winning the Lombardi Trophy and being world champions and being considered the best quarterback in the league, that he went back to his hotel room and said, is that all there is? This is a quote from Troy Aikman. He said, well, I kind of said the same thing after my first Super Bowl. You think once you win it, all your problems are solved. But I've won two now, and it hasn't solved a thing. Not a thing. My friends, this is sobering and yet enlightening. 
Have your children read that quote. Have your children listen to this podcast because it's so important that their worth and identity isn't wrapped around achievement and personal goals because their worth and identity is found in Christ himself. They're, they are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And until they get that, that's, that's like the, the thing they need to achieve is, is finding their personal identity and who they are. And everything else looks different so that they can play volleyball for his glory because the Lord wants them to have fun and enjoy life too. <laughs> And he's going to call them into the things that he has for them. And it might even involve sports. I don't know. But it's because of his voice. It's because identity as sons and daughters and listening to the father's voice that they move forward. Not because they're trying to please their parents or achieve a personal goal or become more prideful. Identity is what our children need. And I believe we as parents should focus all of our firepower on that one truth. We need to take our kids out on a date and say, and ask them, how is your identity doing? How is your identity doing? My friends, this is just part of something that Amy and I are talking about right now because we want to raise children who are connected to their identity first and and not to be swept up into the culture of this world that magnifies pride, the pride of life. I would love to get your feedback on this as well, or maybe your personal experiences with this and your children. Or maybe you have some questions on how to approach your kids. But I would encourage especially your teenage and young adolescent children to, to listen to this podcast and and get their feedback on what the culture is telling them so that you can have this discussion, parents to children. So thank you for listening again. To leave feedback, go to pushbackculture.org, pushbackculture.org, and you can leave your question or comment. I love you so much. I look forward to talking to you next week, and we'll see what happens this week as we go together now to set and shape the culture. <laughs>